0: It's Traumedy Tuesday. You are listening to Traumedy, the podcast that shows us how to take our pain and play with it. I'm your host, Nancy Norton. I'm a comedian. I'm a former nurse. I'm studying therapeutic humor, and I want you to know you're not alone. That's the main purpose of this podcast help people know you are not alone out there we have been through some stuff you've been through some stuff we can show each other how to get through it i'm a speaker i talk about the power of humor why we need it why it should be a higher priority humor helps us heal it bonds us with others it gives us resilience and much much more make humor a higher priority in your day and see the results yourself trigger warning there's some bad news and some good news bad news This episode deals with child sexual abuse, suicidal ideation, and narcissistic abuse, sociopathic abuse. You know, the gifts that just keep on giving when you have childhood abuse. The good news is happy endings and some comedy. Welcome to Traumedy. My guest this week is Sherry Harper. Sherry and I met doing comedy in
1: Longmont, I believe. I don't know. Or did, where were we? Do you know where we were? Yes, I do know where we were. We were at a little coffee shop in Denver. Storytelling, nurses yes. doing storytelling. Yes. So it was a healthcare
0: related show. Yeah. Where
1: we met
0: at this place called Bicycle Cafe? Something. Bicycle Cafe. Is that
1: what it was? Okay. Uh,
0: wow, we got there.
1: You. <laughs>
0: All right. Anyway, I loved your sense of humor around healthcare. It was absolutely real. It was valid. I just
1: loved it. I remember thinking, yeah, we gotta talk more. And yeah, then we did. And we did. And here we are now. Yeah. It definitely is a coping mechanism to use humor to deal with stuff. Yeah. Definitely. I mean Are you still doing comedy? Um, so I've taken a break from it, but I'm supposed to go ahead and have something that's coming up at the end of August. I'm on the new um, faces contest at Comedy Works. Oh, you're doing new
0: faces. Yeah. Oh, crush it. All right. If you're a storyteller style, it's so hard to do contests Mm -hmm. because I think you're, you're you're a bit of a storyteller. I am a bit of a storyteller. Yeah. So contests are tight and it's tough to find those tight bits sometimes. And I'm
1: having to totally rework what I used to talk about because I used to talk about marriage. Oh. And I'm not good at that. Now
0: you get to talk about yes. divorce.
1: I can talk about divorce. <laughs> I'm proficient in divorce. <laughs> um, I've been divorced three times now.
0: Way to go! Thanks. That's good. You could <laughs> listen seriously. I want you to really take this in. I I actually mean it. Congratulations. Thank you. Because if we have a trauma history, whatever. I don't know your trauma history. We'll see if you want to share it. Yeah. But for me. Uh, When I did my inventory, my fourth step, I was looking at my patterns in relationships and I saw my pattern, you know, Mm -hmm. and I mean, everybody has good qualities uh, in there. Right. My husband, my ex-husband, I still love him. Uh, Ex-wife, I will never speak to her again, ever. Like, because I alternate between really nice alcoholics and sociopaths. Mm -hmm. And the sociopaths, I do not. No, no, thank you.
1: (laughs) That's kind of my pattern too. Um, I actually, um, if you talked to all three of my ex-husbands, they would, they were all married to three different women. So. Because you, in relationship, you show up differently. Exactly. Uh, Now, I don't want to label you and you don't Uh have to label yourself. Right. Do you have any sense of any codependency in your definitely in my past i have okay. i am i am happy to report that i have recently completed um 9 years of therapy oh and so are you clocking out? I am clocking out. My therapist actually was, um, you graduated, I, I graduated. She's like, "Thank high you, five, <laughs> high five. I, I, Hey everybody. I mean, come on, let's celebrate. I've never,
0: I don't think I'm going to graduate in this lifetime. I gotta I be never, honest.
1: I, you did. Yes, I have to tell you, I never thought that I'd get to this point, but she finally was like, so Sherry, we just talk about your dogs mostly in <laughs> therapy. Do you have any concerns uh-huh. that you really want to dig into? And I was like, I don't. What really something that I learned over the course of completing that was that you want your toolbox to All be right. bigger than your baggage.
0: Oh, this is beautiful. I, I want to hire a cartoonist to draw some of this stuff. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be cool? fantastic. Because I don't like doing video for this podcast for the reason I told you earlier. It's yes, like, I think it just brings out more of a performer energy sometimes for me. This is me projecting onto other people, but I like. Because I'm, I don't know, I just like, when I'm just talking, I feel like I drop into my body and my, you know, emotional environment easier. Mm -hmm. So I don't have any video, but I think it would be cool to have a cartoonist or... Something like that, very much have some stuff. So that'd be cool, the toolbox.
1: Yeah, okay. you want your toolbox to be bigger than your baggage. Oh, I love this. Yes. Yeah. so finally I was like, you know what? Shit. I'm tired of carrying this baggage around and I don't need to do that anymore. And I have the tools in my toolbox to make myself feel better. Oh. And so finally I got to a point where I've got the toolbox that's bigger than the baggage. And so she's like, and go off my friend. And so, yeah. yeah. It was good.
0: That's incredible, and I want to know. Like, I feel I'm picturing your your baggage getting smaller exactly. because you because you're. This is the thing that I struggle with. Is I mean, you hear it all the time. You just got to let go of that. Let go, right? How do? But how? Yeah. How do you let go? You know, right. I don't. I want tools, and that's part of the toolbox. Is yeah. the hey. And, of course, one of the things about holding on to stuff is trying to stay safe. Yes. What I've learned is in my recovery work is uh, I love all we have a thunderstorm. Yeah, I don't know it's if they really can hear cool. it. We're in a thunderstorm today. I love it. I do, too. I love thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. Just that sign of, I don't know, there's a there's a
1: energy to it. And, yeah. And a movement and a cleansing. Cleansing. That's what I was thinking is it's a Cleansing. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. I think one of the biggest tools in my toolbox was self-forgiveness. Mm. And that was so hard for me. I grew <sighs> up with a ton of shame. Um, I'll just dive right in if that's okay. Let's do it. I, um, I my parents divorced when I was um, four years old and my mom um, brought us here to Colorado. We had lived in Missouri at the time. And oh I'm from the I Ozarks. know you are. Um so we lived in a little tiny town called Licking.
0: Wow, that sounds like a Missouri town. It is a definite Licking, Missouri town. Licking, I don't Missouri. We,
1: I don't think we had a stoplight. I think it was all stop sign. And yeah, it was it was a very um we lived next door to a lady named Dode, and Dode had monkeys and <laughs> turtles. And you would walk into her house and there were plastic swimming pools in her living room with (laughs) turtles and monkeys. I remember it just doed. Wow,
0: very exotic.
1: Very exotic. Now, that's
0: not typical of Missouri. But then again, Missouri, you know what I like about Missouri... There's a little bit of everything there. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It is just, and it, it is sort of a, yep, we just do what we do <laughs> over <right>. here. Dodes. <laughs> That's right. You know, I don't mean to talk like that. I shouldn't. That's not always how Missouri people talk. I apologize to the Missourians out there. My dad would be uh, like, we did not speak like that. But so what? what part of Missouri is that licking?
1: It's, I know it's close to. Is it Jefferson City? Is that the?
0: That's the capital. capital. Okay. Right there.
1: Jefferson City is on I-44, kind of between St. Louis and Springfield, okay. my hometown. I know that it's close to that because that's where my sister was born. So it's around She's that area. She's born in Jeff City. Yep. yep. Well, so yeah, so we moved from Missouri here to Colorado. Um, and my mom thought it was a really good idea to get us involved in the cult church that her brother was involved in. So we always joined, a good idea to get in a cult. Sherry, I mean, you've got two little girls. Why wouldn't you bring them into a cult where you know the sexual abuse is rampant? Oh, why man. not? Yeah, it's a great idea, Mom. So, so she was uh, in denial, absolutely, of the sexual abuse. She was sexually abused by this brother growing up. The and, brother who's in the cult, yes. sexually abused your mom, yes. her brother, mm-hmm. sexually abused her, and, and he's then, in the cult. Yep, and he has three little boys that are the same age as the daughters. So, yep, let's mix everybody together. And, yeah, so it was a mess from the beginning where I was just like, is this our life now? And I remember, like, having this longing for my dad, and my dad couldn't be there he was wrapped up in some of his own stuff dealing with his own demons and i just had to like suck it up i was the oldest my sister is 2 years younger than me and so it was just like this is it you got to suck it up so i um i went through that entire process i it, this was this is um how it was it was we were like ingrained into the cult church. So of course you go to school there. I went Ugh. K through 12 Oh my, at gosh. this religious school and it was one of those kind of like, um, it reminded me a lot of that Warren Jeffs guy, cause we had to wear the dresses and you couldn't wear makeup. Oh, is this the guy that... He's, He's the Mormon guy. That he was
0: at the Netflix yeah. uh, documentary
1: about. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I had to tiptoe real carefully when I watched that because it was pretty triggering. Oh, but yeah. um, yeah, it was like all of that. And women, I remember being taught in kindergarten that the entire purpose for a woman is to meet a man's needs. Oh, yeah. And that's not
0: such a stretch from the patriarchy. I'm sorry. Uh, there is a bit. of true. You, I mean, I hate to say that we are just now starting to I feel like women of, of, well, your age and younger are starting to really, they're teaching me how to assert boundaries. Because yeah. there is a part of me that's under the spell mm-hmm. still. Right. And I'm just cracking that right. a little bit. Like, I'm not here for you. That's right. I'm not here to look good for you. Even though I've been a tomboy and everything, there's still a part of me that has that ingrained. exactly. But in that church, it was not just implicit. It was explicitly said, Yep. you that's the doctrine. That's the dogma. Right. That is like, you are here to please a man. That's right. You better dress accordingly, mm-hmm. look pretty, yep. wear a dress. Yep. Uh, did you have to have your hair a certain way? Or No,
1: we didn't have to have our hair a certain way, but um, longer was better. You know, short hair wasn't approved of. And um, I remember a friend of mine, um, she had been sexually abused by her cousin. And so she went to confess it to um, our youth pastor and tell him, you know, this is what's been going on and kind of like a cry for help. And the youth pastor actually said to her, what was your part in it? You need to apologize to him. What did you do? And I was just like, after I heard that, I, you know, there was a real um, turning point for me when I realized that it was all bullshit. And that was when I was 11. Um, it was, a uh, It was one Sunday and it was snowing outside and I was leaving the service to go to the bathroom and I was coming around the corner and um, there was a homeless man who was trying to get in and he wanted to warm himself. And so I'm thinking, why wouldn't you let him in? And the deacon was talking to him about how he smelled bad and how he couldn't come in to warm himself because there was a service going on. And I remember thinking right there if this Jesus person was here, he would totally let him in. Yes. That is what and his teachings wash are. And wash his feet. Exactly. Oh. And make him a sandwich or something. Mm-hmm. They have bread, loaves, and fishes. I don't know. But um, yeah, I was just like, and I remember thinking that as an 11-year-old, because my dad was always very grounded and very, um, look, I know that your mom has you in some crazy shit. He didn't know about this, by the way, until I was an adult. I never told him about the sexual abuse that was going on. But um, he always kept me grounded and was like, you know what, just get through it. Bide your time. Once you get out, you can be whatever you want to be. And so he kind of always gave me the hope that, you know what, this is temporary and that someday it's going to be okay.
0: Yeah. So you maintained contact with your dad on the phone and stuff? Yes. But yes. he was in another state? Correct. And you were
1: longing for that protector yeah. to be there and that my, stabilizing force. Yeah. My mom was nuts. I haven't spoken to her for nine years. And when I cut that relationship out, that's kind of how everything started to come into place for me.
0: Wow. I just, yeah, I did the math. It wasn't uh-huh. hard. Nine years of therapy Yeah, and you, and because you've, it took that much time to deprogram a little bit yeah. and get that yeah, Get that voice, out and of, and
1: just not not to have to be in that fight or flight mode, flight, flight or freeze. That's the other a component of it is yeah. that I I did a lot of freezing.
0: Yeah, um, and now they're saying fawn. So there's oh. fight, flight, freeze, fawn, and fawn. What I understand is placating. You know, is basically right. like oh, I'll do whatever you say to keep myself safe. Right, and that sounds like something you would probably oh, do absolutely. a lot in a cult where there's freeze. But then you might get in trouble for freezing, so you'll fawn. Yes. So that they it appears that you are going along with the culture,
1: and wow. Yeah. (laughs) So you or somebody uh, used you sexually. Yeah. I had two cousins, and um, yeah, I I was just like okay, this is how this is. And I mean, I've done a lot of work to, there was just so much shame and everything around it. That's the biggest part is this the shame.
0: Because they said, uh, you knew, like from your friend yeah. who did the confessional, it's, oh, what did you do? Right? How did you make this happen? Yeah, Couldn't have been that these people
1: used and abused you. Right. Yeah. It was your fault. So yeah, I carried that around for a long time. And so then once when I got to therapy and could kind of start unpacking all of that, and was like, wow, I don't have to carry this around anymore. No. This feels so much lighter, and so yeah, I was able to just create the life I want. And um, yeah, it's—I don't remember where I was going with that. Sorry. No, it's okay. No, we were—we're we're
0: not. I don't know that we were going, and I don't know okay. where you were going. I don't know where I was going either. I just feel
1: like okay, we're. This is like okay. This was your history. Yeah. And oh, I just remembered. Of, okay, go ahead. Oh, because I was talking about how the three husbands were married to three different people. Yes. And so the first husband was like my savior to get me out of the the cult church. So I actually moved out um, as soon as I could. I, I went to x-ray school straight out of high school. I worked for about six months and then I was able to start um, being able to afford my own apartment. My first apartment was over off of um I twenty five in Evans. And I paid two hundred thirty dollars for a one bedroom. <laughs> yeah. This was back in nineteen ninety. And so um yeah, And you were was- like a you were like eighteen or nineteen? Yep. <laughs> and so I was able to afford it. And um, you know, I was still I, I wasn't able to Looking back, I wasn't able to stand on my own two feet yet. I felt like I still needed someone. And so I was dating this guy that I worked with. And he ended up becoming the father of my two kids. We got married. My original plan, interestingly enough, was um, to go to New York. I was going to use x-ray school and go to New York and become a fashion designer. Oh. and so yeah that was the plan and then I got pregnant and so then it was like plans change and so um I ended up having my two kids and I was married to that guy for 10 years and um we ended up just going in different we got together so young yeah and who we grew up to be were not compatible Mm -hmm. and so we said adieu and bid each other adieu and um yeah, he's still I mean we he lives um where I live. I live in Longmont. He lives up there too. He's remarried to a lovely woman. Um and so it's all amicable and everything. And then my second husband um oh, well before we go to your second oh, husband sure.
0: I just want to I just want to chime in and say isn't that great like there just that helps us know like I don't know. There are individual differences. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to be somebody that's a bridge burner all the time. My first husband, I got married at 20. And somebody said to me, oh, you must have really wanted out of the house. <laughs> and I was like, I never thought of it that way, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And George and I, my ex-husband, who I am still friends with, he and I put each other through college. You know, we took turns. Yeah. He had the GI Bill, but we lived we lived in a little house in Springfield, Missouri, a two-bedroom house with a yard and everything for $200 a month. Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> and then I went to, to nursing. Well, I was an art major when we got together, and then he... Uh, had just gotten out of the Marine Corps. So he was 20. I mean, he only had gone in for three years. So he was, you know, just 21 or 22 and I was 20 when we got married and yeah. And George and I, same thing. He's such an introvert and does not have an adventure. Like he loves being at home Mm. and I love a sense of adventure, Right. but it served us. You know, we did give ourselves this launch and we moved to Hawaii. I mean, he used to live there. Wow. And then we had a lot of fun in Hawaii with his sister and her kids were there. And all I'm saying is I just love reflecting on let's remember that this for me, I'm saying it almost like, yeah. let's remember we do, <laughs> we do attract nice people. Like yeah. there is, there are, you know, we, we're, we're complicated, Yeah, but that endure. And then I don't, I shouldn't maybe be talking about him, but yeah. Anyway, we grew apart and we're still friends. I just saw him. I just saw him a couple months ago. My heart just felt so good. And I love his wife and she and I are friends. That's wonderful. Like we are friends on Facebook. And and I was calling her sister wife, but I don't know if she appreciated (laughs) that. (laughs) I probably need to call her and go, sorry. It was, but she was super sweet. She is very, very kind to me. And I think She knows I'm not a threat, right? You know, George does not want to be with me anymore and I don't want to be with him in that way, but I love him. He's always going to be family to me. And of course
1: your husband's family because he's the father of your children. Exactly, And I'm so happy that my kids have this wonderful stepmom in their life. It's just, I mean, cause yeah, you know, it, you always worry about that. Is sure. like, who's going to end up, and are they going to be mean, and all that stuff. And oh, she's just the nicest person.
0: That's got to be terrifying, you know. I, the blessing and curse of my situation with my son is that I am the sole parent as I adopted him, and then my ex was; she did not want anything to do with him. Oh. And honestly, I think it was more about hurting me than it was. Uh, it wasn't about him. It's just right. who she is as a person. Yeah. She doesn't have anything. To offer a child, she, she told me I ruined her life by adopting a child. But you know what? It all worked out for the highest good. But I I know my lawyer would say that because I was crushed. And then she'd go, just be glad. You don't have to drop him off at her house. Can That's you imagine? So, oh, so I do. I just want to send out love to any parent out there that is co-parenting with yeah. uh, narcissist, sociopath. These people are terrifying. And we have, I mean, the law wants us to stay Connected with our bio parents, and it, I get that, but man, sending love to those people. Yep.
1: Woo, that's send a tough it all one. Out. Yeah, yeah, send it all out and protection. Yeah, I know.
0: I'm big on putting like the big golden light around the children. Absolutely. So I'm so glad for you that your child or two
1: children yes are have a cool stepmom. Yeah. And a dad. And a good they have a good stepdad too. So then the second husband, he um was their stepdad. So there was a time when my their dad was having some personal issues and so he wasn't in their life as much as he could have been. Um, He needed some time just – he had gone through some trauma in the Army when he was in there, and he needed to work through it. And so my second husband came in and had this Insta family. The kids were about 8 and 11, I guess, when he stepped into their life. And so we were together for about 10 years. And, again – Nice guy. We still go to lunch probably once a month. I mean, and the girls are you have daughters or I have a son and a daughter. Oh, and the and so your kids liked him and still like him. Yeah, they had a good rapport. In fact, he's he's my son's roommate. My son has a house in Longmont, (laughs) and um, yeah, he actually rents a room from my son. So they they still it's funny they're they're like a. An odd couple or something, like the grumpy <laughs> old man and then the, the young kid. They could have a sitcom? They totally could. Uh, oh, my gosh. Did you want to hear something crazy? So when when they all, um, w- well, when the marriage broke up, we had we had gone through some traumatic things with my daughter. Um, she, and unfortunately, had a sexual assault as well. Uh, and um, I hate how common. I, I hate, hate how common. It's so common. Like
0: if you talk to, I don't know how. Ha- I don't know if I've even met a woman who hasn't been sexually assaulted. I, know. I don't know. And again, after listening to Cody Spiker's episode where we're learning more about consent, it's like, Lee. Anyway, sorry. I don't mean no, to interrupt it. No, but I just, it's okay. Uh, it's awful. So yeah. she, she was sexually she was assaulted, sexually assaulted oh, and yeah. then she
1: spiraled down into a horrible depression and had a couple of suicide attempts oh, and no. nearly succeeded. It was just, uh, it was, it was very scary. And, You know, as a parent, you want to protect your kids from everything. And I had so much guilt that I couldn't protect her from that, especially with my background and the way I was raised. I vowed to never let anything like that happen to my kids. And here it happened. And it oh. was like I couldn't do anything,
0: and but so you weren't
1: in a position to do anything. I were, wasn't. I mean, no, I mean you do see that. I guess I do. But I through still... the therapy and the learning to forgive and all that stuff, I I can see that now. Mm. But um, yeah. So we went through so much trauma, um, as a couple, um, that we were just we were tired honestly, at the end of 10 years. And he came to me and he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. He's like, he, he never kind of envisioned himself as having kids. And so when he married me, it was this Insta family and he played a part. His, it was really important to his parents that he have children and do all of that stuff. And so he wanted to go back to being a pizza guy, stoner. And so I was like, go be happy. And so we Again, said, see you later, and ended that. But you ended Emma Copley. We did. We actually went to the courthouse. We high-fived when we signed the papers, (laughs) and then we went to lunch and had some really, really good sandwiches. So, yeah. it was Loaves
0: and fishes. That's right. Loaves and fishes. (laughs) My favorite sandwich. (laughs) I love that you high-fived. You know, it's so funny because George, my ex, was, we— He's a very kind person and he and I, uh, he was in, I think he was still living in Hawaii when we divorced and because we had separated a year and a half and he mm. was like, Hey, there's no reason to get divorced unless one of us wants to get married. We'd already separated the finances, the money, right. everything that that part was all done. And so when I, when I did feel like, Oh, I got to stop saying my husband's calling. Cause it's mm. just, I just felt like it wasn't. Who I really was, you know? Yeah. I just felt like I was kind of living a bit of a lie or something. Yeah. So I uh, I did say, I think it's time that we really finalize our divorce. It doesn't look like we're going to get back together. Anyway, all I'm saying is he wrote this beautiful letter, which I, I need. To f- I've got some things in files I need to get back out and just, it was beautiful. And he just said, Nancy and I have parted ways with a great deal of respect for one another. And I can't remember the rest of it. Aww. But this judge looked at me like with astonishment and said, is this true? And I was like, yes. And it was just this, it was almost disorienting to the judge, Yeah, I think.
1: Oh, they see so much stuff where people are just like, like my third marriage and yeah okay we're getting there (laughs) we're easing into the
0: third marriage (laughs) i mine mine was my second marriage but yours is your third yeah oh my god okay so hang on a second all right where were we i jump in and interrupt and you were you're so you guys high five we We had a nice meal right and now you're friends and he's and he's and that's true it's fine like hey man, if you want a low stress life, mm-hmm. and, and actually my ex really loves, he does not like stress and doesn't do well with stress. Right. And I, I am a bit of an adrenaline addict and mm-hmm. I'm trying to work on that at this point, but I love, you know, that's the, the up piece, you right. know, and I also run late to gigs. So I'm like, there's an excitement getting there and <laughs> driving really badly with my lazy eye. Uh, so yeah. anyway
1: cool cool so you're just understanding yeah so when I when I I kind of dated a few people here and there and um kind of vowed that I was never going to get married again. I wasn't going to be that. I wasn't going to be Joan Collins, you know, where I ended up having <laughs> so you, many.
0: Is this uh, like the thing with your dogs? Like only five dogs
1: and right. only two marriages? That's right. Well, now you're, that's okay. right. I was drawing okay. the line. Now I, have,
0: I know you're going to get another dog. I have some class. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's class with a K. Class. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, you know, dated a few people. And it was kind of around that time that I was like, I need to get some help, you know? So I started going to therapy and it was, it was good for me, but, um, this is about the time you broke off communication with your mom. Yes. Was it before or after did the divorce, was there something during the divorce that was there a catalyst that helped you go? That's it with Weirdo. my mom. Yeah. Oh yes. So, um, she was having some heart surgery. It was, well, it was a procedure, I should say. It wasn't exactly invasive. And I, she lived in Littleton. I was in Longmont So I was going to come down to her place and take care of her after the surgery. And she um, called me the night before the surgery and was like, hey, just so you know, your aunt is going to be there. Well, this is the mother of the boys that abused me. I purposefully cut off contact with them years ago because I just didn't want to be triggered anymore. And so if there was a family event and they were going to be there, I was going to say bye. So, um. I told her, I'm like, no, mom, I'm not okay with that. I'm going to be your caregiver for a, like a couple of weeks. And so I need for you to go ahead and tell her, no, thank you. And, and she's like, yeah, no, she's going to be there with a few ladies from the church. And I'm like, mom, mm-hmm. you pick her or you pick me. And she picked her. She picked her. And I was like, that's it. I I can't do this anymore. So that was my line in the sand. And That was good for you yeah you set
0: a boundary you took care of yourself and it I mean as much as that I know that hurt Mm -hmm. but the freedom yeah and the clarity yeah clarity like oh
1: yeah I see yeah and it didn't go real smooth at first I drank about it quite a Uh, bit I yeah I had some I had some vodka and um yeah it and i would get pretty low and then think about you know well if your own mother doesn't pick you then why why what's the point you know and then i had to really like work with my therapist and rise above it and be like what about your kids are you going to are you going to make that ripple effect happen to your kids and you know cuz if if you do think about going down that path of suicide it's never just one and done no it's a ripple effect that affects you know, if there's a, a, an EMS people that come and find you, if there's police officers that find you, if there's funeral home people, I mean, it just, you know, you think about this ripple and it just keeps going and going and it affects everybody. And then,
0: yeah. Especially your children. Yeah. And anyone who loved you or your friends. And it is, it's, I know. And I had suicidal ideation after my ex- and all that stuff where i went to jail and i my the dominoes just fell in my life i was disoriented like Mm -hmm. who have i been with for 11 years who am i Mm -hmm. how did i you know and then all the like really and this is something we'll get to i'm sure with some of this well the safe house told me i'd been with a sociopath for 11 years and I've learned since, um, and there's still so much, I loved, I have to say, I love TikTok now. There, There's so much information out there about narcissistic abuse, yeah. sociopath and stuff like that. But anyway, I was so devastated. I lost all my community except for, you know, three core people. And I realized when you're a mother of a toddler, like you can't even take a nap no. when you want to. That's the thing I'm thinking. Right. Like, I can't even take a nap. Are you kidding me? I can't kill myself. Right. But still, I, I let myself have the little fantasy of relief. And honestly, my fantasy was that I stood next to a suicide bomber. Not me. I didn't do it. Okay. Because that's like, I couldn't do that. But man, and I was so jealous. This for real. Jealous of people who were, I would hear it on the news. Suicide bomber kills 17. I'm like, I bet that feels great. Those lucky bastards. Yes, those lucky <laughs> bastards. It's gotta feel cool to be blown into confetti, you know, like whew, like vaporized. And I thought, oh, my spirit is just gonna be like, yo. Yeah. I mean, serious. I am not exaggerating. I was jealous, but then I would look at my beautiful son, and I remember why I'm here, and I would go, oh yeah, there. I have this whole Earth thing right. I'm doing, and this little boy who's beautiful and funny and I can't, I can't even take a nap or he might get into trouble. Right. So,
1: yeah. Okay. I feel you. But you're having, yeah, when so, your own uh, mother,
0: and this is, oh, I feel it. Yeah. You and I both have mother stuff. That yeah. is, yeah, you hear these quotes, the a face only a mother could love. And I'm like, my mother did not love my face. No. I'll be honest with you. Or I don't, well, <clears throat> okay. I don't want to speak for her. It did not feel, I have to phrase things. I did not feel loved, wanted or celebrated. Right. In some ways I was in the ways that she, whenever I fawned, mm-hmm. whenever I did what she wanted, I felt loved, right. but I think just as an extension of her.
1: Right. All right. Oh, it was, and my mom was in love with herself. Yeah. And, it, and it, everything had to be picture perfect. And it was all this act that we were playing. Yeah. And so, yeah.
0: And I will say it looks like they're in love with them. I don't know that my mother looked like she was in love with herself, but they say and I don't know if your moms in this category and maybe we don't need to label anybody but with like narcissism I mean that's where it came from they're in love with their sh- their reflection mm-hmm. right? The, right the how they ap- how they appear yeah but they they don't there's no. actually self-hate oh yeah she- so the self-hate they they're this is the way my therapist explained it okay sorry but no. i'll stop no, i know i'm right. on a
1: roll that's 100% but they too. have
0: agony and then they don't want to deal with that agony so they they project it onto you you are causing me agony. And then they put their self-hate. So I think it's complicated. I'm oversimplifying no, it. I but that th- was my experience. Absolutely. Like, and that's our job to heal and stop pay- paying that forward. Because right. I have to admit, oh, I have put shame out there. I've put hate out there. And I, I try to make amends whenever possible. Right. So your mom... Yeah, so you're processing, like you said, if my mom doesn't love me, Yeah, then I must not be lovable. That's a thought that I've had.
1: Yeah. And, or not just a thought, it's a belief. It's a core belief. Right. So then I meet this guy, and he has the same type of mother that I have. Oh. And so we have all this stuff in common. Your mom doesn't like you. My mom doesn't like me. Oh, I love you. I love you too, you know, and... That was our connection. And um, he didn't have any kids. Um, I was like, you know, I don't have to worry about, like, his family. That was kind of my second husband and actually my first husband had – Lots of family involvement where it just felt like, oh, we have to deal with the family again. And I was like, oh, there's none of that with him. You know, this is great. He's a solo traveler. Yeah. He's he's free. He He has no encumbrances. Nope. He had two dogs, one that I was completely head over heels in love with. And I was like, okay, he sounds kind of perfect. He lived out of state. So I'm at work one night and he calls me and he's like, guess where I am? And I'm like, where? And he's like, I've been driving all night and I'm in Southern Colorado. I'm coming to see you. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. This feels wrong. Yeah. And he did not ask. He did not ask. And I was like, but is it romantic? And I kind of like covered it up with that when I look back on it now, I'm just like, oh my god, you should have run like your hair was on fire. But at the time, I was oh, like, we're
0: lonely. We're yeah. we're we're also like to feel wanted mm-hmm. for someone to drive right out of you know two states and yeah. I mean, I get it. Yeah, and now, is it? And again, I'm using I'm, I know some buzzwords, but the love bombing. Oh. and I'm even wondering, did he really have the same issue with his mom, or did he make it up to? to bond with you.
1: He did he did have an issue with his mom. Um when we ended up getting together and getting engaged, he called her and told her that he was engaged and she just automatically started in on him with well, you need to pray more, you need to go to church, make sure that you guys are living your life with God, blah, blah, blah. And so I, I was like, oh, okay, I, I kind of see that. But he didn't have any communication. But there's so many other things that happened that I was like, I, I, I had to get over um, coming to the place where I am now mentally. I had to forgive myself because I completely – disregarded the red flags there's this meme that's going around that says um oh yeah i saw the red flags but i thought it was a parade and <laughs> that's that's what i thought <laughs> that's right that's right i mean yeah. this, this person had changed their name two different times oh yeah you don't do that, that and just, uh, what
0: first and last
1: name yes First and last First name, name. and shame. last name,
0: Twice. I mean, I watch the murder shows. <laughs> I should have known this is not okay. Well, yeah. And this is, I love, because when you and I were talking on the phone, you said something. That I absolutely want to affirm on this podcast is trust your gut. Yes. Above all else. And don't talk yourself out of something if your gut is saying no. Right. Listen. Listen to it. It is such a wise voice.
1: It is the wisest There is a reason that you have that there. That little inkling where the bells go off and you feel that uncomfortableness, explore it. That's one thing that I had to kind of give myself grace about is that... I didn't always have the answers. I would know that something wasn't quite right, but it wouldn't come to me immediately. Like, what does it do that I don't like about the situation? And so I've learned to kind of give myself a little bit of time and kind of let things marinate a little bit. And then it comes to me. But I can always trust my gut. And that was something that I had to really work on in therapy is getting back to trusting my gut. Yeah. Did you do some somatic uh, body work? I did. I did. We did. We'd always talk about where are you feeling this in your body. And then I did EMDR yeah. um, with the paddles. And um, because of COVID and having to meet um, virtually, I ended up buying my own paddles. And the paddles are these vibrating uh, little like half
0: half an egg shape, right? Yeah. that you you hold comfortably in your palms, yeah, and, and they vibrate in each hand. And the idea with EMDR is that it goes from one side to the other, left to right. And then your brain is divided into hemispheres. So they call it crossing midline. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, somehow it helps us break through encapsulated traumas that are walled off. And they get that way for a reason Yes, it's our survival instinct. If something was a threat, so you have this immediate, that's the trigger. The trigger is also something that could save you Mm -hmm. in an emergency. Yes. But then it gets... Uh, maladaptive. It gets dysfunctional. I'm over explaining it, but you know, those paddles are those little vibrator things so that you're crossing
1: midline. Right. And then you're on a zoom call with your therapist. You're able to do EMDR over over zoom. And, And you're thinking about the trauma, whatever issue it is that you're working on at the time, you're thinking about that and replaying it in your mind. So you kind of do that quietly and then they say pause and you turn off your paddles and then you talk about what just happened. And then they're like, okay, go ahead and follow that. And then you do it again and you do it again and you just keep doing it until all of a sudden it doesn't bring up that feeling in the pit of your stomach anymore. It's like it's it's a it's a miracle, I think. I know that they've used it for um, soldiers that have PTSD. And if you can find I think a good therapist is really important if you're dealing with things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. This is not a replacement for trauma therapy to listen to, but this is what I often say.
0: This gets you through between sessions and just another thing in your toolbox. Exactly. And so wonderful. You've done that trauma therapy, EMDR. Mm -hmm. I've done EMDR and brain spotting, which is very similar, but you look at a certain point while you're doing it. Okay. If you've ever caught yourself staring at a certain point while you're processing something that's similar, but it's like an activation you know, she'll have you or they will have you look around until it feels intensified. And then you stay there. But you also have what I've used is bilateral music, which is the music going from ear to ear, similar, uh-huh. similar. You yeah. can do the paddles as well. Yeah. But yeah. And then Fantastic. I've also done psychedelic trauma therapy, which I do quarterly nice. <laughs> with a therapist. Yeah. Uh, it's a six hour therapy journey. And I have to tell you that that's amazing because. I got to stuff that I couldn't quite get to really with my EMDR and brain spotting. It was just a little, it was infant trauma. Yeah. And it's uh, intense, but
1: yeah. How do you feel after that?
0: Oh, I I feel that I think what happens is uh, I feel empowered. I feel a sense of understanding of myself. Like, Oh, if I'm not feeling heard, I'm not going to die. Like, what is that trigger about where I can really flip a switch about not feeling heard Right. that it went back to having a memory of being suffocated? Whoa. So it's like now I can just go,
1: <sighs> Yeah.
0: I'm okay. And again, oh, I, I'm so paranoid to say this even out loud because I feel my siblings going, that never happened. You know, so... I don't know whether, and I say this as a disclaimer to myself, whether it's real or imagined, I'm telling you, it gave me freedom right? and it gave me empowerment and I I can be, well, it's integration, isn't it? About integrating. Yes. And so that it's not just a reflex, a yes. reactive trauma thing, a reactive abuse.
1: Right. Sorry, I'm right. talking more than you. Oh, no. You're my guest. It's all right. So you did the MDR and, yeah. the, and that was such a great tool for you. It was you. amazing. And you know... I, the whole time that I'm working with my therapist, he like weasels his way back in. We had a, a real messy breakup. It involved so you he being your he being your ex husband correct okay
0: um, your third ex husband my let's third call, that's the right third do, do we want to nickname him anything I don't know but anyway just the third let's just call him or the Trauma turd I'm a boy no I don't know I love the word third because I was thinking it sounds like turd yeah it but does. anyway your turd husband my turd husband <laughs> sorry so that's I, wrong I know that's wrong <laughs> but your third husband
1: okay. yeah I found out that he was cheating on me and for me that's a hard pass um he had this young friend um we were both in our 50s and this girl is 27 and i have kids that are that age and he brought her around to the house on holidays and stuff like that but it was his hiking buddy and um so that's what i, I call it that's you want right. to go <laughs> you want to go, go hiking, hiking? Do you want to hike? Yeah, let's go hiking. Bring the lube. Yeah, and there was gaslighting going on. I mean, I I was suspicious. Like, why are you talking to that person so late? And you know, she's my friend. And, and, blah. and yeah. your intuition, exactly. and your gut knew right yeah. on some level. Yeah. yeah, and so I'm I'm you know I've got trauma in my past, so of course I'm overreacting to this. And so it's my fault and blah blah blah, and um. Finally, I, I found some text messages and I'm like, we're done. That's it. You know, that's like a hard pass for me. If you cheat on me, I can't ever go back. Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, like we just talked about Cody being here, talking about polyamory yeah. and all that's groovy. If that's totally. the agreement. Exactly. But if you're in a monogamous relationship and right. that, that is the, you're in not just, I mean, you're, well, a marriage that you thought you're in a
1: monogamous marriage. I did. And um, the other thing was that he would withhold um, affection. Uh-huh. And that was really hard for me too. Where That's a I was, form of abuse. It is. Yeah. So th- for me, that was it. I mean, and I-, I wanted him to leave with what he came with, which was nothing. Um, he actually, I had bought him his a two ve- dogs, his two dogs, and I had bought him a vehicle and I was going to let him have the vehicle. And so I'm like, get out. And he wouldn't leave. And so he, at one point, was standing over me, screaming at me while I was laying in bed, and I clocked him. And um, he waited two days for the bruises to really come out on his face, and then he (sighs) called the cops. And so I was awakened. I was actually sleeping. It was a Sunday morning, and I was awakened to this cop standing over me saying, get up, get dressed, Um, and I was arrested. And so, out of a sleep, yeah, out you of were sleeping, it was sleeping two days yeah. after the incident. You're yeah. asleep, and they come in and arrest you, yeah. And so, um, I went to jail. And with uh DV laws in Colorado, you have to, I think it's 72 hours or something like that, that you have to be in jail. So, this was um, a Sunday night. I think I had to stay in until Tuesday, maybe it's 48 hours, but I had to stay in. Like for two nights, I remember that. And so I'm just thinking while I'm in there and I'm like, I hope he's getting his stuff out because, you know, it's my house. I never, we never incorporated finances or anything like that. So I'm like, I hope he's getting his stuff. And so I get out and um, I had to Uber um, back home because uh, he, he he had taken my phone, by the way, too, during all of this, like while I was sleeping, while he's getting ready to call the police and stuff, he took my phone. And so... Um, I'm Ubering back home and um, I go to use the charge account on my Uber and it's um, denying it. And so I get home. He had completely wiped out my bank account and I was like, are you kidding me? And so um, I Uh. ended up, you know, scraping things together. I lived off of credit cards for a couple of days till I could get things fixed up, it turns out that he did go ahead and pack up all of his stuff and he moved into this girlfriend's place. And so I was like, okay, let's clear this out. This was a bad, bad relationship. Let's clear it out. And so, um, I, you know, of course, with the DV charge, you have to go through classes and do all that stuff. Nine months. Yep. Every Monday
0: night. That's right. (laughs) And so I did that. But did you ever seek help from the safe house as well? Because I'm so glad I did. I, I, well, my ex, anyway, she shoved me around my house with my baby in my arms at one point Mm -hmm. and then also grabbed me like four different times. Anyway, point is, uh, yeah, thank God for the Boulder County Safe House because they helped me understand what was going on. That's good. And and they validated. And also, I still to this day, I will say I participated in domestic violence. They're like, yeah, you don't want to see yourself as a victim, huh? And I'm like, no. I go, I'm not a victim. I participated in this. I threw a fucking guitar, you know? (laughs) And so... But they did help me understand a lot of stuff about sociopaths, Mm -hmm. which is, I mean, a lack of empathy, a lack of insight, lie, 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 lie. And they don't, I mean, they just assume lies tell the truth, even when they don't need to lie. Exactly. And there's a lot more to it. But anyway, I'm curious about something. You were married, but was that considered, uh, the reason I, I got distracted by my own narrative over here. When he took money out of your... Like, he cleared out all your money. Mm-hmm. I, are we going to get back to that? Because does he ever get held accountable for
1: this? He does not. Ah! No. Um, what, what happened, and I see it very clearly now, but we had been married for less than three years. We had only been married for two years. So in the state of Colorado, he's not entitled to any alimony until you've been married for three years. So we were at about two years and three months. So all of a sudden when the restraining order is lifted, he comes back to me and is like, I'm so sorry. Let's go ahead and work on this. I want to go ahead and get back into therapy. Um, let's, let's work this out. So we did go back to therapy. I was like, so even after all of that, tell me what, can you share, like just to help anyone out there who
0: is toying because it is i trauma i believe trauma bonds are addictive mm-hmm. and there's some part of us that feels it's going to fix us yeah to heal this relationship will somehow make it the other one not so which is the primary one which is with a parent yes in my experience i had to grieve truly grieve the loss of childhood so that i don't keep attracting the same people that i'm trying to heal go back to the poison well with 100%. But when you when he calls you, I want to hear, you know, at first and can I just can I share what he did? Yes, you can. Oh my god. <laughs> this is when I knew you were with a sociopath. Cuz he cuz what they do is they they don't have friends. Nope. They have flying monkeys. That's right. And so he sent out and I don't know if it was to your whole friend list because he had your phone. There
1: was about ten people.
0: So I think. don't, and I was his friend on Facebook. So I was friends with both y'all. Because he does. Oh yeah, he's so nice. Mm-hmm. He's so great, and he's just a wonderful person mm-hmm. when you meet him. And then I got this email. I mean, a text like a uh, Facebook Messenger. I wonder if I still have it. Oh my. Uh, but it was like at, I feel like it was at midnight or what I'm out. I'm i a, I'm a night owl. So I'm up usually two, three in the morning. It's not unusual for me. Uh-huh. And I, it's like late. I just know that I feel like it was very late. Maybe I'm wrong, but I saw it very late is all I, I don't know. Point is what the fuck time doesn't matter. Nancy, the <laughs> point is the fucker sent me a message of his, of his black eye saying, Sherry did this to me. I love her, but she's just a different person at certain times. And I thought, yep. You are a dick. Yeah. Now, I don't even, even if, let's say it's true. Let's say what he said was true. Like, it's all you, Sherry. Mm -hmm. Even if it was, and you do that dick move Mm -hmm. and think that you're going to scrape away me from her friend. Oh, my ex did that. I know the playbook. Right. Not working with me, motherfucker. Right. No. Yeah. Um so that's when I messaged you yeah. and said, Hey, this is happening. Do yeah. You know he's doing this And I
1: got like ding 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 from all these people that are like, He sent this to us, my one friend was like, He put a video on Facebook where he talked like 10 minutes about men who were physically abused and all that stuff. And it was like, are you kidding me? And he he liked to call me an alcoholic all the time. I would drink wine pretty regularly, especially during COVID. I'm not proud to admit it that I I turned to alcohol quite a bit after my shift. And um he would he would bring it to me. He would buy it for me and then bring it to me and be like, you just need another glass of wine. You just need another glass of wine. But then if I one for myself then i'm an alcoholic oh so it was always like okay thank you but yeah they want to they want to label the other person absolutely absolutely so yeah so and and, but
0: that move that move of any my ex did the same thing called all these people uh and some of them were telling me and i mean the woman that took me in and then she chose her and i'm like okay Anybody yeah. that chooses my ex, go for it. Yep. You got it. But yep. you do not have me. You can't have both and that's what that is a rule. Do not be friends with anyone who is friends with your sociopathic ex that's or current right. sociopath. <laughs> right. I'm saying it, because they don't have friends. They have flying monkeys that's right. and they are just there to undermine your confidence in yourself. The Safe House taught me if you leave a sociopath, you end the relationship. Rule number one, you stay under their thumb the rest of your life. Rule, if you leave them, they want to annihilate you. Yes. And we should be grateful we got out with our lives. We
1: should. I feel so lucky. So far. He tried to destroy my career. (laughs) He sought treatment. Now, granted, we live right across the street. At the time, we lived right across the street from a hospital in Longmont. He drove to my place of work 30 miles away to seek treatment from the crew that I worked with while I was in jail. Sherry did this. Yeah. Look what I mean, happened to me. Look what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, so yeah. This- so uh, anyway, so, um, he, uh, he, he, went ahead at like two years and three months into the marriage and was like, let's work this out. Let's see what we can do. And was just the nicest guy was, um, taking accountability for everything. And we almost get to the three year mark. And then he filed for divorce. And I was like, oh, my God, I did it again. I wow. am a he, sucker. So he
0: knew the law. Yes. So he was
1: working it so yes. that he could get maintenance or alimony yes. or whatever they call it. Yes. And fortunately, because we were in separate households at two years and two months, the judge was like, Nope. Yes. Thank you, judge. Yeah. I got to give a shout out to the good judges
0: out there. I had a really good one in my protective order hearing who saw through. I mean, it wasn't that hard to see through it, but they don't have to. They can go with, well, the law says, and I commend, I just want to seriously give a shout out to the judges that are willing to really see what is going on. Absolutely. Because uh, my lawyer told me in law enforcement, I did not, I saw I called them for protection Mm -hmm. and I got made more vulnerable Mm. because of the way the law is. And I get that they're in a tough situation, but the black and white, I said, that's why the police show up in a black and white car because they have black and white thinking. That's right. But that's sort of, they have to like, oh, she says she threw the guitar, therefore she's the aggressor. And that's what my lawyer said. Yeah. And the. And the DA wants them to just put it all on you. They don't want a complicated, she said, she said thing. Right. They just want it all on one person. Let's move the docket. Let's move on. Right. They don't care about justice. And that is why I never have to serve on jury duty again.
1: Fantastic.
0: Because I show up and I go, I say it right to their face. I say it to the prosecutor's face. You don't care about justice. (laughs) And they go, we would like to dismiss Ms. Norton. (laughs) I get dismissed like that because I'm, but I believe what I'm saying. I'm not bullshitting. I'm like, you guys are just here to move dockets. And then I can hear the law and order. Ding, ding, <laughs> <laughs> bum, bum. I love, I you know it's so funny. I used to do that in my act. I used to, my ex was so obsessed with all the murder shows, like all the uh, spouses murdering each other. Yes. And then law and order was like her favorite jam because she was a lawyer. And I swear to God, at the end of our relationship, I said, this is as close to sex as we get is when they do the pump, <laughs> pump. It's
1: like, Ooh, did you feel it? I felt it like our loins. Uh, we feel it in our loins. I wanted to say a disclaimer too, that I, I actually tried to fight this with um being uh self-defense because he was standing over me screaming he at that time pulled out um two years worth of recordings and video footage of me oh shit um a lot of times I was um disrobed and he presented all of this to the DA and was like here look at her Look at what she does. Look
0: how crazy she is. Yeah.
1: Oh, they drive you crazy, and then they record
0: you. Yeah. And again, okay, I know this sounds like okay. I don't want us to get in our victim energy. Right. But we do have reactive trauma stuff, and we do have to be accountable for our yeah. behavior. Right. I didn't. Behave, I did throw the guitar. Yeah. All right. We we, uh, whew, have chosen people uh, who trigger our abuse mm-hmm. and. Yeah, we have to be responsible for that. And you did. And I mean, these people do not underestimate their intelligence. That's one thing I would say. Right. Oh, highly, very smart. highly yes. intelligent people. Yes. Brilliant manipulators. Yep. And they, and we're open. We're telling them all our trauma. They know every button to push. Absolutely. Like in my program, we say we became reactors rather than actors. So if we get with these people who are I think my dad said about my ex, he goes, I think she had this planned all along. Yeah. And the El said, no, that was plan B, but it's still a plan. Yeah. Plan A, stay under the thumb, plan B. So he started gathering evidence. Right. He's recording you all the time without your knowledge. Right. What did he do? Have cameras around the
1: house? Yes. That I didn't even know about. Oh, that is the creepiest. Yeah. And I remember when he first moved in, I was watching that show, Dirty John. Oh, did you hear? Yes. I listened to it on NPR. And so that was one of the things that he did is he put cameras inside the house. The fact that he
0: had control over the cameras, Mm -hmm. control over the recordings Mm -hmm. and started downloading. Yep downloading creating a file on you yep for the time and that he knew he was gonna he knew he was gonna keep baiting and he baited you right and then you would have this reactive you know trauma you'd have this ptsd response right and i'm guessing reminded you of when you were powerless because to me it comes out of a feeling of powerlessness yes when you were a child and these cousins who took advantage took advantage of your innocence
1: right and you had no recourse as a child? No, I felt completely helpless. I mean, there was no place to turn to. you couldn't go to you know the elders in the church because they'd tell you it was your fault. I saw that firsthand so and, yeah, it, and
0: your mom would did you I mean she would just dismiss it. she just yeah would. I
1: mean I, I I would tell her certain things, and she because of her past, she didn't want to hear it. And so she'd shut it down real quick. Right. Oh, my God, Sherry. I'm so so sorry that happened to you. You did not deserve it. Thank you. I know that now. And in some of my work that we did, um, you know, we have the different parts. And so my. Oh, internal family systems. Exactly. I love internal family system work. And so my my um, caring, nurturing part often will take care of my child part. And give her the nurturing that she didn't have. And so that's a really good place for me in my mind. You know, I I picture us on the porch and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it's like the grown-up Sherry that was a good mom to her kids, she now takes care of the little child that didn't have anybody. Oh, that's
0: beautiful. Well, the program I'm working for adult children The solution is to become your own loving parent. Absolutely. So I'm doing similar thing. I'm working a guidebook right now, which is the Loving Parent Guidebook. And it's a a simplified version of parts work because I know there can be hundreds of parts with all these different roles. But ours is like there's the inner child, the inner teenager the inner critical parent, Mm -hmm. which is when I look in the mirror and I have my mother's face and I'm like, Oh shit. I have
1: my mother's face. Isn't it freak you out? (laughs) It's my face. And I have
0: to own it. Cause I was looking in the mirror the other day going, get out of here. And I'm like, who am I talking to? Uh (laughs) I'm talking to myself, but that part of us, but really that inner, that inner critical parent is trying to keep us safe. Yes. Like you have to behave. I hear my dog doing something. (laughs) You have to behave in a certain way Uh, to keep yourself safe, and that's part of the fawning. Like Mm -hmm. you have to do this, that, not have these feelings, don't show that, and also, like shame. Like oh, shame on you. You know that's that. Ooh, I can just. I can feel the shame in my body. Yeah. Um. But so you're doing all that parts work, yeah. And now you have these loving parts. Yeah. And that you can take care of her, and you don't need. And that's where I think we can get out of this addictive relationship stuff. Right. Nobody out there. Is going to heal our inner child that's right it's our own self being the loving parent and i
1: literally will hold my little baby yeah everything that i need is right here yeah so, yeah. so true yeah yeah. that is the power so, yeah you've got the power <laughs> <right>. let's dance <laughs> i've got the power and you know this was another sign that i dismissed oh let me hear it um when he brought he he had a box full of her dishes when he moved into the house that I lived in, and they were all broken. He did. He no, broke, yeah, they were all broken. And I'm I was like, why joking. Are you? I'm like, why are you keeping these? And he's like, oh, it's just a reminder. <gasps> and I was like, that's <sighs> not cool. But he he had some excuse for it. No, it, really, he had a box of broken
0: dishes. He did that belonged to his ex. Yes, that that's she just loved. a reminder that she loved, like a souvenir. Yeah, that's they are sick that I way. I know. My ex kept a. Nepalese door I had carved yes. on the day my son was adopted. Have I already shared this too many times? I'll edit it out. No, it's okay. Um, I, I I feel like I'm repeating myself on we've, this podcast. I, I think you've told me this in person. Oh, okay, I didn't know if I, but I may have shared it on here too, because yeah. I, I do, I get triggered and then I'm like, I gotta tell it again, that she kept this door that right. was for him. It I was carved know. in Nepal the day I signed his adoption papers. And in court, she's like, no, that was for me. I like carved wood and would not give me, and I get that it was difficult to get a new door for your house, but I just wanted him to walk through a Nepalese door every day of his life, to know his culture. Yes. And to me, when you're depriving a two-year-old of their carved door, because, and I just picture her always rubbing her little witchy hands going, I am the winner! Mm-hmm. I am the winner!" That was her favorite phrase, she would say, wow. after court, when she was in court. Or even if we played a game of Scrabble, I am the winner. Oh. its I mean talk about red flags yeah and then i'm like "Ooh, i love her so much <laughs> what's wrong with me oh i have some a little attraction to some really sick people <laughs> yeah i yeah she's hot to me right yeah the winner. <laughs> i chose her can i just own that i chose her she chose me actually she pursued me but that's another story anyway yeah. point is yeah meanwhile cross town
1: what the other red flag you ignored was that he showed up with these dishes, yeah, and what? I remember thinking that's not cool. I mean, <laughs> it would—they're broken dishes. They serve no purpose. Why won't you throw them away? And it—it it didn't. I didn't see the big picture at the time. It was because he could keep them. Yeah. He
0: stole them. But do you think it's also did he think it was evidence or something? Maybe. I, don't
1: ah, know. I I stopped trying to get inside yeah, that head. You know
0: what? I really appreciate you saying that because yeah. when we try to get inside that mind of, and I'm gonna say a sociopath, when we try to get inside the mind of these people, it's it it it, it like is a 3D printer in our own brain. Yep. And it starts writing code in our own brain. I yes. picture these two things moving at once as you're going through it. They're wired different. They are. They are just wired different, man. Yeah. You may never, ever, ever you we can't. And that people who don't empathize can't understand people who do empathize and vice versa. Just, we just do not compute. Right.
1: And I can only be responsible for what I brought to the table. Right. And that's where your power is. Yeah. And so I, where did I ignore my red flags? Yeah. And I wasn't innocent in this. I, I did stuff. And, um, so yeah, I owned my part of it. I forgave myself for it. And then I was able to move on. And so, yeah. And now we're writing jokes about it. That's right. Now, and look at us. We th- this went fast,
0: man. I love talking with you, Sherry. I love
1: talking with you. Too. <laughs>
0: this is like <laughs> this is the stuff, man. I right now in my life, uh, my friends. I'm just feeling this fun vibe of a different frequency, and the, and the frequency of empowerment. And again, giving a shout out to higher power helps me. Uh, resource and like not get stuck. The whole that's another point of this podcast. Please don't get stuck no. and getting that dour energy and that darkness and you know get into those things where there's only one way out. Right. but Have a good. You deserve to have a great life. Absolutely. Anyway, so what about comedy? Are you're gonna do another set coming up? Yep. And then do you have some comedy? Do you have any? Uh, comedy that came
1: out of that trauma or anything specific or I'm, I'm still working on it. Yeah. But I mean, just like talking about it with you helps me kind of categorize it in my mind where I'm like, (laughs) I need to, I need to start writing. I I've been a little bit stuck because for a while it was painful to talk about.
0: Yeah. Well, it's too close sometimes. Yeah. But you know, again, either, either, you know, the whole tragedy plus time thing or also, concentric circles out of the center of the trauma. Right. But like, I think there's some jokes in the broken dishes that he's moving around there's the country. You know, he's still traveling with those. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure that he still has <laughs> that sure box. That- what do you think he took from you though? Does he have a souvenir? you got your pets back. I I'd, got my, pets I back. lost my pets. That was another thing oh, that my I'm ex sorry. kept as a souvenir from me as a, as a point of like, she'll never ever see this parrot again. She's never going to see this cat again. And I know that's what, cause she knew I was bonded with both of those animals and she had three and I would never want to, I never, I wouldn't do that to the animal. I don't want to separate the animal from right. its beloved partner. Cause I am very much, uh, believer in that our animals are a family absolutely and my heart oh my god this parrot and i were so like he was my baby oh he was i will cry and i cried in court my dad looked so disgusted because he's such a oh you know manager of his feelings right but it's like that was my baby for 11 years yeah and he was my baby i mean he was so i still feel bad for him up there because they live to be 100 right i feel bad for him yeah and then my cat, I'm sure has passed on, but she was my girl. Mm. But these people, I don't know, it's just fascinating to me and they don't understand that it's really not going to satisfy them. No. They think it does and I guess it gives them fuel. Like I probably just I have to watch it cuz I probably just now gave her a little bit of fuel metaphysically, you know, like uh they they kind of live off our our energies, you know, they get our fuel, our our, our I think sometimes our cuz we are connected to a lot of mm-hmm. Heart energy and higher power energy, and or I think, maybe
1: your bird just feels a little extra
0: love. Uh huh. Let's take it. Yeah. Let's send it to him. Yeah. And you know what? In my higher self moments, I can send her my ex love because I know she's miserable. Right. I knew that. Yeah. I mean, and it is sad. It's too bad. Yeah. Like I wanted to heal her, and that, but that's my control issue. Right. So you, either. you have a boundary.
1: So you're try like, okay, how do I touch in without getting sucked into that? Right. So I'm just like getting back into it. I, I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> yeah. And so um, the fact that I don't have my date yet for this contest coming up has kind of been like, I'm I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And I'm like, you got to write, sure, you got to write. So I, I'm going to do it. I, I, in fact, was very much looking forward to doing this podcast so that it kind of spurs something in oh, me.
0: Oh, cool. So
1: yeah, that's All really right. what I'm hoping.
0: Well, we can, hey, and and we can riff a little bit whether we leave it in or not, but okay. it would be
1: kind of fun. Like, you take, let's take some stuff and play with it. Okay. I know what he took from me. Oh, I came back from jail. Um, and then I had to spend the night in a hotel and I came back and there was no silverware. He had taken all of the silverware.
0: He took the fucking silk. Yeah. Go fork yourself. <laughs> go fork yourself, right. dude. That is a, that, oh yeah, go, yeah, fork yourself <laughs> in the ass with that. Wow. You yeah. came home and there's no silverware. No silverware.
1: Wear. And I'm like, what the? That, and it's not silver.
0: Was, it's actually no. just flatware. It was
1: flatware. Flatware I,
0: from some place that's not. It's not silver. Like
1: Bed Bath or Beyond. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like, okay, I'll. I can I'll imagine buy if more. it's real silver. Yeah, but it was like that was. Uh-huh. It was just. It was annoying because of course I didn't go home and look in the silverware drawer. It was when I actually needed a fork or a spoon, and and, and there's nothing there, and I'm like, really. How? Um thank you that is inconvenient. Do they do some weird mind yeah. fuckery. That's just the mind fuckery. Yeah. That so I is think like, I ate okay. my cereal out of like the big spoon <laughs> that day that cuz there was a ladle or something. So. <laughs> You're ladling your <laughs> <laughs> Just put the cereal and the milk in the ladle and just like Oh there suck you go. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. just <laughs> I mean that you could invent something that way, right? Mm-hmm. I love when I love when something bad happens and it turns into like this invention of like yeah. oh, guess what I just invented? You know, start a new trend. You know, in <laughs> Nepal, they eat everything with their hand anyway. There you so you could figure out a way to like shovel <laughs> Captain Crunch in your face. I just don't know.
1: <laughs> get down and start eating it like the dogs do out of their bowl.
0: And, but, and what if we found out that's an antidepressant? You know what? Maybe. I have heard that eating off of silverware distances us from like there is something about putting the hand to the mouth that is, I think, more obviously more organic. Right. Well, I had a friend from Pakistan. I've had housemates that are Indian. And when they they said they can taste the metal and oh. it ruins food for them. Oh. Like, I think we've learned to turn off the taste of metal. Probably. probably with the mercury in my mouth as well. Yeah. yeah. But that would be kind of cool if you found out like, oh, this turns out it's an antidepressant to eat with my hands. Right. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, let's come up with some like whatever is empowering, like, As much as they try to ruin your life. Now, this is, there are people that get maimed and murdered by these people. Yes. And so sometimes, and this is, I mean, okay, this might be controversial to say. I don't know, but I always looked at, because I thought, why, God, why was I the one that had to go to jail? Why didn't she go to jail? Mm -hmm. And the message I get is, because then she would have killed you. Like, you, they have to win the battle and let them win their little battles so that they and hope and pray. I mean, I don't know what to hope and pray for. It's like all of a sudden I was going to say hope and pray they find other game. But then you don't wish that on anybody. No. But well, honestly, what but is that is. Do,
1: dig a hole with the spoons. <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing with the spoons, man? Yeah. Where is
0: he peddling those spoons? <laughs> Let go. Look around next door and yeah. find all your shit. That's right. <laughs> Let's go on next door and find all your spoons. <laughs> We're on. A... If anybody has seen Sherry's spoons. <laughs> You can keep them. I've moved on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I let that go. All right. After this, you have to go back to therapy. But now you got the paddles. Remember, you've always got the paddles, Sherry. That's right. If, if new stuff surfaces, it might be fun to make fun of the red flags. I like to make fun of myself. Mm-hmm. Like, where did I, you know... There's so many moments where I was like, oh, and that seemed, oh, and that was another girl I thought would be fine.
1: Right. You know, like the fact that I went with this person who's like, I am the winner. And I'm like, I really like her. I mean, if I was sitting and watching this on Dateline, (laughs) I would just be like, he changed his name why that's another thing so i'm such a terrible person in all of this but he took my name when we got married and i i asked for it back at the divorce and he kept it (gasps) right that's another thing he took yes so he's still using
0: your name yes as far as you know
1: yes So it's like, why would you want to keep it if I was married to someone that I, you know, like I proclaimed all of this horrible stuff about, I would want to take my name back. He is so gross. He is gross. That's my type, apparently. No. (laughs) (laughs) Now, see, that's what we got It. My therapist says, you've got to speak in past tense
0: because that is a joke I'm doing. Like I have been through. Uh, two divorces because I have a type sociopath <laughs> and then I feel bad for my husband because he wasn't a sociopath it's for the bit though it's, it's okay. for the bit yeah. but I have to watch that I say it but I this is again back to that spiritual thing I, say. I, I get a little preachy here on the podcast because I do have a spiritual belief that we put out to the loving universe I do not want to keep saying I have a type mm. I had a type and I think I got to really work on saying it that way right. I had a type and that type was sociopath yeah <laughs> <laughs> and Kindly Alcoholics I had a type. Yeah. Now, my new type is, uh, I think, just me.
1: Good. Here's your type right here.
0: Yeah. Sophie's our mascot. Yeah. She's our traumedy dog. That's right. And she really is. She She does move through our house. And I was told this by a pet psychic person. They do. Uh, move through the house, and move energy. Oh, I believe it 100%. And they are just full. I mean, they are just love incarnate. Yeah. And they only bring love. And it's just amazing, isn't yeah. it? That's why you have That's five That's why dogs. I have five
1: of them. And then, well, they're little. so that They are.
0: They, they're probably altogether don't weigh as much as Sophie.
1: It's true. Don't eat as much food. Don't have as much poop. That's right. So it's. Just... Although I feel like my life is full of <laughs> poop. I just feel like every day there's just so much poop everywhere. Yeah, but, you know,
0: I like poop when you can see that it's poop. Yeah. And not like your turd husband. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? True. When there's a turd in the house and that to me is like I, yeah, real yeah, here this is let's call poop poop. But when right. the turd pretends to be yeah, a rose, were, yeah, oh, he pretended
1: to be a rose. No, you you were a turd. Right. I yeah. have very um definite parameters on what I learned from this. Mm. And that was to trust my gut. Okay. And to set boundaries. Trust my gut, set boundaries. Because you know, growing up the way I did it was like, well, he came all this way. And if you ask him to leave, then that's going to be impolite and all that stuff. And I was still kind of living Fawn. off of those. That's I that fawning. Yeah. And <sighs> so I now am in a different place where if that happened today, it would look so much differently. Yeah. So, yeah. And it won't happen today because,
0: because you don't need it. That's right. You don't need to learn that lesson again. That's right. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. And again, oh, just so glad you got out you know and that you are like you look beautiful and i can tell you have that different vibration i do so thank you so much for sharing i know it's not easy to share all that kind of trauma and let's do a cleansing sherry all right let's take a cleansing breath (sighs) and let's ask for protection and May everyone listening to this podcast, even people that have harmed us, may we all have a protection of golden light around us and hopefully rise to a higher vibration. And uh, don't come around here. (laughs) (laughs) But you stay in your own yard. Stay in your yard. (laughs) But I am trying to work on, you know, that which we resist persists. So I do want to, like, release that energy with that person, like, whatever I I don't want any hooks into them at all. I don't want hate into them. I don't hate you. I don't hate you. I don't respect you. And I see through you. And I do want some space from you. And I do feel sorry for people around you if you haven't done your healing work around this. Mm -hmm. Which, honestly, I don't hold out a lot of hope for sociopaths Mm because it's just a tricky path, man. But we, we can do our thing.
1: That's right. Thank you so much. This was so much fun.
0: Thanks, Sherry. I'd like to thank my guest Sherry Harper. I learned a lot. I laughed a lot. Moved some energy. Still taking nice deep breaths. Continue to do that. If you want to support Tromedy, there's a way to do that here on Spotify. I don't know exactly how to do it, but I think there is a way if you want to support, become a supporter of Tromedy. And uh, it is right now, I'm recording this at 4.45 in the morning because I am... uh, of go and i can't i'm like oh i want this to be just a little better on the audio i don't know it's something i do i'd love to i would love to generate some funds to hire an audio engineered kind of person and thank you for your support in advance all right and if you can't support me hey that's okay just listen thanks for tuning in every tuesday tromedy tuesday well you can listen any day of the week We launch a new episode. We being me, my internal family system, and I. (laughs) Who is I? Who is I
1: anyway?